welcome to the Galactic Core Podcast. Here to review the latest films and TV shows from all your favorite intergalactic universes. Now, now, it's time to get your geek on. Please welcome your host, the prophesied chosen one. It's Andy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Galactic Core podcast. It's good to see you. I hope you have all been well. And we are, of course, of course back talking more Marvel again. It's Loki episode five. What a thrilling episode we had last week and left on quite a cliffhanger. So we're going to have to see, or we have seen, I should say already, because you know, full spoilers ahead, we've seen exactly what's happened in the aftermath of the uh, the temporal loom exploding in last week's episode. So I've been excited all week to see what happens. And now, normally, I would have a guest or guests on to chat through with me you know for the week's episode and get their opinion and their thoughts on marvel their their, their nerdiness or geekness and and obviously the week's episode unfortunately i have no guests this week so i am all by myself all by my lonesome you are gonna have to listen to just me talking so i do apologize um no, I shouldn't really apologise for the simple reason that I did have guests lined up. Unfortunately, they were super, super busy. They've had to take a break from their own podcasts, and they couldn't quite uh, find the time, unfortunately, to jump on here with me. So, yes, you are completely stuck with me this week. So please welcome my guest. It's me! Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. So, um, yeah, it's me, me, and nothing but me this week. Uh, so thank you for joining and thank you for sticking through if you if you're going to for this episode um but we've got a few things to cover not just the loki episode you know, there's been a, a lot of things going on this week so we've um we've had some exciting marvel news we've had some interesting marvel news and we've had a really good trailer drop so firstly i would like to talk about the fact that we got a trailer for a new Marvel Spotlight, which is their their new sort of umbrella of things. They're putting uh, some things under, which I believe it's going to be more of their street hero type shows, like the Netflix type things. So, um, you know, we're getting Echo coming up. We had a trailer drop for that. You know, um, the um, the shows like Daredevil are going to fall under this umbrella as well. So it's really exciting that this has been announced, and the Echo trailer looked amazing. Um, you know, it was a, a very kingpin-driven narrative in the trailer, which is obviously great to see Vincent D'Onofrio back in his classic white suit. You know, the first thing we see is we see is him pretty much throwing someone up against the bin and kicking the shit out of them. So, really excited uh, for this. We do get obviously a flash of a very very quick flash of Daredevil in this jumping over a table. Super excited he's going to be in it. You know, whether he's going to be back in his full-on red suit, whether it's going to be similar to the one that we saw in She-Hulk. We obviously don't know yet. We're going to have to wait and see. But um, what's really exciting about this is that this is going to be uh, an MA rating. So you know, this is a mature rating show. So it's going to be bloody. It's going to be violent. We saw a little, obviously, hint of that in the um, in the trailer with people getting beaten up, people getting shot in the head or the face. Um, and this is the first Marvel sort of series under the Disney umbrella, you know, forgetting the, the Netflix shows that's going to be like this. And I don't think we were expecting it to maybe cast as that, as, as an MA show. We were expecting Deadpool to be the first one that came out of that. So this is coming out in January of 2024. January the 10th, I believe they said. And they're dropping. They're still going to be dropping all the episodes at once. 
So I am super excited now to watch this show. The fact that it's going to be up there is a, is a mature rating show. You know, lots of Kingpin by the look of it. Um, obviously, Daredevil is going to be in and out of it. And what's interesting as well is they've said that um, that Maya is going to be the villain in this show. She's not going to be a hero. She's not going to be an anti-hero. She is still going to be a villain. And her powers are going to be different to what they are in the comics. They're not going to be the same. So how they address that is going to be also interesting to see. I fully trust that they've done a good job with this, to be fair. I know that um, originally there were comments coming out of Marvel that they weren't particularly happy with the show. They wanted to do reshoots or, or even drop it potentially altogether. And whether they decide to, you know, whether part of that decision was to drop all the episodes at once because they weren't too happy with it, we can only wait and see. Um, but I'm really excited to do it, whether they then use this format with the other type of shows that they're going to put under the spotlight umbrella. So as we said, Daredevil, whether that's going to be a, a dro- episodes dropping all at once. I know that there's been a lot going on with those types of shows where they've fired a lot of the writers and some of the producers and stuff, and they've brought a lot of new people in because they said we're not happy with it. You know, we want it to go in a, in a different direction, so they've brought writers in for the likes of Moon Knight and Loki um, and producers to obviously get it going in, in one direction, and they're changing the way that they're formatting their shows. So instead of having individual... Uh, directors for each episode they're going to have obviously showrunners again which is something they haven't done for a long time so i think these are all positive moves that are going to put forward and and make really good shows so echo i'm really obviously happy with how that trailer was i hope to see a little little bit more a few spots that drop before we get the full uh full series itself drops but january 10th i believe i said that comes out really excited to see what happens uh with this character and with this show moving forward good to see kingpin they addressed at the end of that trailer as well kingpin obviously had the uh the patch over his eye where it looks like um obviously maya shot him at the end of the hawkeye series so we'll see what what happens with that um it was announced obviously maybe a couple of weeks ago now but i was going to address it as well that due to the ongoing actor's strike and obviously what we've had with the writer's strike more delays to marvel stuff deadpool's been pushed back again um yeah disappointing because we really obviously want to see these come out but you know, the the writers and the actors deserve the support they're getting through the strikes and and obviously better deals that they should hopefully be getting for themselves and for the um and for the support teams and everyone that that goes into the making these types of shows and films they deserve these better packages and deserve to be treated better so i hope that they do get that but it does mean that we're probably going to see a knock-on effect for quite some time in terms of delays you know, when they set out originally, Disney and, and Kevin Feige, their their plan for Marvel's phases four, five, six, going up to the end of Secret Wars, everything looked like it was going to come out so quickly and, and in such a short space of time that they've obviously had to change their stance because they've already cut back their stance in terms of phase four was packed with shows and films. And, and it was obviously banded around that they were doing a lot of um, quantity over quality. And they've already decided they're going to take a step back with that. And they want to obviously put a bit more quality into things, you know, I guess, like it was in, in phases one one to four. You don't, you don't necessarily have to flood us with lots of stuff. Just make sure it's good quality and make sure it all is immersive and it's all tied together in the way that we've previously seen from Marvel. They have lost their touch a little bit on that. But people are saying that, you know, is the MCU or, you know, really struggling? A lot of people obviously aren't happy with how things have gone. There's been a little bit of controversy with, people like Jonathan Majors unfortunately um even if you can't doubt how talented an actor he is and how well he's done as is his different Kang variants so far 
you know, is the MCU really struggling? That's the question that so many people put forward. People aren't happy with the stories since Endgame. We know that post-Endgame, it was always going to be a struggle for them to match up to that because you've had the original Avengers that we became so attached to, characters that have come in and out of there since, and now we're left with changing teams, changing characters. And is it the same? No, it's not. But at the same point, we, as the viewer and as the consumer, we have to change. We can't sit around begging for them to do everything like the originals. We've got to evolve with it. At the end of the day, we don't get to choose that narrative. It's something I always say about Star Wars fans who turn around and they're like, oh, well, the sequels aren't canon in my head. Cool, you want to ignore that? That's completely up to you. It doesn't change the fact that it is part of the story. We don't get to choose what's canon and what isn't. We aren't writing the shows. We're not the ones putting the product out there. We have to sit back and take it. And yet, are we allowed to complain when it's low quality or it's not very good? Absolutely. We're fans. We're the ones... You know, paying money to go and see these things and, and buying the merch from all of it. So we do have that right to complain. But at the end of the day, we also have to get on board and and ride that journey out to the end and see how it does play out. There's always going to be ups and downs. But you can't tell me that something like Loki that we've seen for this series hasn't been high-quality Marvel. Everything doesn't always have to be full-on fight scenes and action scenes and it flowing. Something can be a slow burner or more narrative driven than action driven. We saw that with something like Andor, and I know that's a different franchise, but at the same point, Andor was a slow burner that took a long time to get going. But once it did, it drew you in, it sucked you in, and it turned out to be a really epic series. Similar could be said with Ahsoka in terms of it took a little while to get going, but when it did, you know, the story came together quite well. I feel it's been the same with Loki. You know, up to and before this week's episode, this series has been really good. It's it's not been full action paced and and going at it full throttle, but it's something that's worked really really well. And so, is Marvel really struggling? I don't think it is. I think you know the 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 drop of the Echo trailer, and I can understand. And I think I said this in in a different group as well that you can make a trailer make anything look good. So you can design a good trailer for a shit show. And we can all be fooled into thinking that it's going to be really good. But I think the strength of the the trailer of Echo and the response for the most part from it, especially in the circles that I've been in, has been really strong and shows Marvel aren't you know, going to fall on their knees and, and give up. They still want to put out good products. They're not taking as much for granted with all the changes that they're making. They understand that they have to evolve as well. And it looks like they're willing to do that. And we have to give them that chance, I think, to put themselves and their best foot forward and give us all the good stuff. And we have to be there to accept when it's good. You know, the amount of people that have given something like Echo a negative review already and said, this is going to be rubbish. These are people that, to me, want it to fail for whatever reason they've you know concocted in their head. At the end of the day, I think the showing of Loki and the showing of the Echo trailer has been something that's been really strong for Marvel. And you can't say right now, at this exact moment in time, that what they're putting out is utter rubbish. We've got the Marvels out um, on the, I think it's at the end of this week as I'm filming this. Um, I've got tickets to go and see it on Friday. And I'm really hopeful that it's going to be good. You know, there's been lots of rumors of different cameos and stuff. And, you know, it's in interconnectedness that we want. People that are moaning, oh, but it's the Marvels film, so why are there being cameos in it? And these are the same people that if there weren't cameos in it, they'd be moaning, oh, why hasn't there been cameos? We well, could have had so-and-so in it. 
So at the end of the day, you're never going to win, but I believe that Marvel is still in a strong position and they can and will do good things moving forward. I am looking forward to the Marvel's film, to be fair. Lots of rumours of who's going to be in it. Um, I tend to watch the first trailer of things nowadays, and then I stay away from everything else because I don't want any hints. I don't want to be spoiled. I have heard, obviously, lots of rumours of potentially Thor being in it or or X-Men or anything like that. So I've stayed away from any of the the secondary trailers and TV spots and all that kind of stuff because I don't want to be spoiled. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see. Can't wait to see the Flurkins back as well. Those um, those cute little bastards. So it's going to be really good. I'm going to have a review coming out of of that. Um, I think after maybe the week after next, after um, the finale of Loki. But um, some other big MCU news to come out in the last week or so is that there was a big rumor going around that Marvel were considering doing a new Avengers film, but with the original Avengers cast. To me, this has caused quite a bit of a stir in in the circles I've been in, because it's a controversial move. Um, I think it would potentially be a sign of weakness if Marvel was to backtrack and to bring back the uh, the original six Avengers, especially... You know the ones that have passed away in terms of obviously Black Widow and and Iron Man. Um, if it was to be an alternate universe Avengers, just to get them all on screen again together, potentially that could work. But it, it seems to me that it would be a sign of panic from Marvel that they don't believe in their product. If they're willing to go back on some of their plans, or even if it was to just make it a one-off alternate universe Avengers film, it just seems that they're either doing that as a money grab because they don't believe that the product they're putting out there is getting them enough back in terms of revenue, or they're afraid of the product they're putting out isn't strong enough. And so therefore they want to bring the original cast back to bring people back in and to get them back into Marvel. Either way, I'm not sure this is a viable idea in the first place. I don't really see it happening. I think there's too many strong heads at Marvel to go, no. There is obviously a few that would go, yep, that would be a great money spinner. Let's let's get him back in. Let's get him signed on. I'm not sure how many of them would want to do it. Um, and I'm not sure that they would want to come back and do another story that may taint the legacy of the characters that they created in the first place. So whether they do it or not, I really am not sure. I don't think it's a great idea. I think it is a sign of weakness if they did decide to do it and it would put them on the back foot and open themselves up to far much more criticism than they need to. So fingers crossed, they're not going to do it. But, you know, it's not like we wouldn't go and watch it if it did happen. But um, that's all the sort of main news I've got to talk about. Now, normally when I've got a guest on, I would play a game of MCU or Real Life U. And just because I don't have a guest on, doesn't mean that we're not going to play it this week. So welcome to this week's episode of MCU or Real Life U. Now, a little bit different this week um, because I don't have any guests and I'm not going to actually answer the questions myself in terms of um, obviously the base of this game is that I would put forward um, an MCU character, the real life actor or actress that plays them. And then normally, um, you know, the, a co-host or or someone else, you know, in relation to the guests I've got on the show. Obviously, no guests. I'm not able to do that. So what I've done is I text my wife earlier today. And I gave her some choices of people and said, who would you rather spend the day at a theme park with? Um, 
the MCU character, the actor or actress that plays them, and me, her husband. So let's see what the choices are, and let's see who she picked. So the first choices I gave her were Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., or me, her husband. And her answer to this was Robert Downey Jr., um, simply because she said that she would want to question him all day about Sherlock Holmes. Uh, she is a big Sherlock Holmes fan. And she was like, yep, if I got to spend the day with him, I would just be asking him as many questions about Sherlock as I possibly could. So I lost out on that one to Robert Downey Jr. Not exactly mad about that. Um, not exactly a bad choice either, just in general. I'd imagine he'd be quite fun at a theme park. So the, uh, the next choices that I gave her uh, were Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, or me, her husband, to spend the day at a theme park with. And she actually picked me. Um, I don't think she's a, a huge fan of, of Jane Foster as a, as a general character. And she said that, to be fair, she felt that Natalie Portman tends to, she finds her a bit beige, to be honest, in terms of just the person and and what she's like. She's a decent enough actress, but um, she seems to obviously do things more for the money than for the love or passion of a project, which I guess as an actor-actress, there's no harm in that at the end of the day. You are getting paid to do a job. Like many people go out and do a job, whether being an actor or actress is a bit more privileged, you know, that that's up for argument. But she does have a habit of, of commenting on, on big franchises that she's been on and saying that she's there more for the money than for the love of the project or for the love of the character. So at the end of the day, she wasn't too keen on spending the day with her or her alter ego of Jane Foster. So she picked me. Woohoo! Uh, but then the last choice I gave her, and I pretty much knew where this was going to go, um, I gave her the option of Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, or myself. And she picked Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't blame her for this, and I really shouldn't have asked her this one, to be fair. She also gave me the excuse that she would want to spend the day with him at a theme park, simply because, again, being a big Sherlock Holmes fan, she would want to ask him as many questions as she could think of about Sherlock Holmes and about doing the series. But um, secretly, she has a big fat crush on him, and I know she wants to ride him all day long, so... While she tells me one thing that it's <laughs> that it's about wanting to ask him about Sherlock Holmes questions, I know secretly it's the other thing. So again, completely my own fault for asking that question. I really shouldn't have done. But you know, she picked Benedict. Can't really blame her when I put the choice out there. But um, thanks to my wife for uh, for answering those and giving us our weekly game of MCU or real life you. Now, we've got an episode of Loki to discuss. So, we had a fantastic episode last week. Um, to me, it's been one of the best episodes of a Marvel TV show that we've had so far. Um, really did feel like high stakes were kind of back. Uh, the, you know, the, um, the Victor Timely part of the episode to me was was fantastic jonathan majors as we've spoken about previously has been doing i think a fantastic job playing his different kang variants you know, the uh the finale of the season one of loki with he who remains was one of my favorite episodes of, of any series i really did love his portrayal in there even if it was some people said it was a little bit goofy perhaps but 
I felt that he did a really, really good job. He did a great job, obviously, in Ant-Man Quantumania. And we got to see the post-credit scene with all the various different Kangs in there. And we get to really see that it's going to be such a major thing moving forward. And I really does, on that side note, as I've already mentioned, hope that he gets to stay playing this character. I don't really see them doing too much in terms of getting it rid unless anything bad now. But yeah, last week's episode ended on that massive cliffhanger where Victor Timely steps out, gets spaghettified, and the temporal loom explodes and it races all towards them and picks up at that exact moment again for this week's episode. So starts off and, you know, we're back on that framed shot of Loki's eyes and him just obviously staring around. And we see that little sort of tear rolling down his cheek as he maybe thought, damn, there isn't anything I can do to stop this. He thought he'd maybe failed his mission. And he's there at the TVA. Um, everyone's disappeared. The place is empty and he doesn't know what, what obviously the hell's going on. Um, so he starts walking around trying to find, um, anyone and we work, well, we find out that he is time slipping again. Time slipping is back. So whether it was the fact that it never really left him and the fact that he maybe had just found a way to stop it previously. Um, when you know in episode one, when he got his temporal aura pulled through the from the temporal loom, whether this was actually stopping the time slipping or just stabilizing it for the time being, you know, not sure on that one. But he's time slipping again, and I thought they really started this episode off well with this because they had him time slipping to different points of almost the same point in in time in the TVA, where he sort of walks out and he sees a figure that's looking at a book and he says hello and time slips again and it puts him back sort of in a different part of the tv and he walks around sees that everyone's deserted picks up a handbook of the tva and he hears just someone say hello behind him turns around and it's you know himself from like two minutes earlier and then the tva itself starts to get spaghettified which you know <laughs> I can't imagine what, obviously, it would look like in actual real life, but I think they did a pretty good job of it, to be fair. And he obviously manages to escape at that point through his time slipping. And what we then get is he's appearing to everyone, obviously, that was in the room with him at the time of uh, the, the finale of the last episode. And he's appearing to them in their what seems to be their original lives on different branches of the timeline. So he appears to Casey, who is now called Frank, escaping Alcatraz back in 1962. And I think this was actually really cool because that was actually based on a real-life convict um, called Frank, who did escape Alcatraz with two other people back in 1962. Um, they were never seen after that, and they were assumed to have drowned when trying to cross the river uh, to escape the island. But the fact that, you know, Marvel are just throwing that in there as, as um, a potential character based on something from real life, I thought that was just a cool little moment. So, you know, he sees Casey as this prisoner. You know, he time slips. He, um, he obviously sees Hunter B-15 when she's being um, a doctor and disappears in front of her, and she's obviously really freaked out. Um, and we get to see him appear to... Um, to OB and it appears in front of him 
Or see Obi's life is, you know, he's trying to make it as a writer, but he's still a physicist, a scientist. And the fact that he's not very successful and he's trying to plant his own books in a shop was quite amusing, to be fair. Um, but Loki appears to him, manages to tell him exactly what's been going on, and Obi completely believes him. Um, and what's great about this as well is that the rooms that Obi were in, where he seems to have his workshops and where he's been writing and everything, look very much like the rooms that he is in in the TVA. They look, you know, structurally identical. Even though he says, you know, that they're abandoned and there's no one for miles around, and that the TVA itself is outside of time and space, you know, structurally they're still identical. It's just amusing that he has ended up in these rooms. Um, when he's back in his original life, so to speak, if this is, is his original life. So obviously Loki's explained to him that he needs to um, to get everyone back together um, and that Obi's going to build. It gives Obi a, a copy of the TVA handbook that he obviously kept on him. And he's like, cool, let's, let's build a tempad. And he explains that the plan is to get everyone together that was originally in the room and they can... You know, have a, they would have a unique temporal temporal aura that they could pinpoint and get them back to that point in time within the TVA when the before the temporal loom was about to explode, and hopefully they can change something there. Loki goes through his time slipping again, and he ends up. Um, we obviously do get this cool scene where he has arrived outside of the jet ski place, and he sees Mobius inside. Um, I think he is when he first appears, he's in front of the, the big balloon thing that's going off. And he obviously does a very similar thing when he arrives, which was quite amusing. But so he obviously goes inside to, and we get this cool shot of Mobius like on it, like the jet ski with the background. He's like, and um, that was quite a funny little moment. He's obviously trying to say to a guy, get up here, you know, feel the wind in your hair, feel what it would like. And the guy's like, no, thanks. Didn't really want this anyway. And Loki comes in and tells him that the um that the TVA is gone. And Mobius doesn't understand what he's talking about. He thinks he's asking about if he's got any ATVs in stock. And he time slips out again. Um and then later in the episode he reappears, obviously outside Mobius' his, his house when he's trying to sort out all of his kids' crap. And then you know, they're not trying to set fire to stuff, <laughs> he's trying to get him to stop. And he goes and has this chat with him and explains to him what's going on um, and that he you know, is part of this organization that, um, that needs to, to basically be in charge of, of time and space and, and he needs to go and help them to, to, to put things back as they were and, and to fix things. And maybe he obviously isn't sold. He's worried about his kids. And like he's able to convince him that you know they are friends and that he can do this, and it was really touching to see maybe the fact that Mobius maybe unconsciously knew that he wasn't happy in his life. You know, his wife had left him; he was stuck with two unruly kids. He didn't sort of have any ambition or drive. He maybe wasn't the most successful of salesmen. And before, in previous episodes, when he's talked about his life at the TVA, and he's always said, you know. I like this life. It, you know, I'm good at this job. I, I I enjoy it. I loved working for the TVA. It gave him a purpose. It gave him something to work towards. It seems that maybe unconsciously he knew that this part of his life was was better. And it's harsh to say that you know I'm not a father yet, so I can't really say. 
but maybe Hartman was relieved that he had this job at the at the TVA and it was better than the life that he had before and it was you know doing something better than he was able to do before. So I wonder if part of him felt like that. But Loki manages to convince him that you know you need to come with us and it's to help you know what you're going to do is going to help protect your boys. And Obi appears through uh, through a time door with a rather large tempad that he's built. And um, and Loki's like, wow, you managed to build a tempad so quickly. And he's just like, well, I don't know if you call 18 months quick, but, you know, I managed to do it, and it cost me my job, and it cost me my wife. I'm not sure if that was a little quote or a dig at uh, anything else going on, but um, it was still amusing that, um, that it's taken him all this time, and to Loki it was a blink of an eye. But basically he manages to go off and convince everyone to, to come with them and that they're part of this plan to save the multiverse. And they've got almost all of them um, back at Obi's place. And he knows that he's got to go and talk to one more person. So he goes off to see Sylvie. What I wasn't sure about here was, was Sylvie thrown back to her life in the 80s in this branch timeline? Or did she manage to use He Who Remains Tempad to escape back to that particular branch? Seems a bit odd if everyone else in that room was thrown back to their original lives before the TVA that, you know, where would it throw Sylvie? Would it have it thrown her back to when she was a kid? Um, or did she manage to escape herself? It's the same point I was thinking in terms of, you know, did the Temporal Loom explosion throw Loki into that moment in time that we find him at the start of this episode? Or did he time slip to that moment? Um, so I think there's a question or two that needs to be answered there. Um, but yeah, did Sylvie escape back to there or or would you know is that where, where the explosion threw her to but the fact that she seems to have the memories no one else has the memories of, of loki or what went on before or what they were doing at the tva whereas sylvie obviously plainly remembers him so it seemed to me that maybe she was able to escape at the very last second and this is why she able to retain her memories otherwise would it not have thrown her back i know that i guess maybe previously her timeline had been um it'd been what was it um it'd been pruned sorry um when she was taken originally so i don't know if that timeline still actually exists i'm guessing not so she couldn't have potentially been thrown back to that timeline and it threw her back to there because that's where her life currently was anyway um Lakey goes to have a conversation with her and when he does obviously we see her food and, and drink sort of spaghettify away and we're like oh you know this is going to start happening now it seems to to these places and they go and have a drink at a bar and this is where we actually get sylvie admitting for the first time i think that yes she's been selfish um because loki's like oh you're being so selfish when everything the entire multiverse at stake and she's like of course i'm being selfish you know i want to have a life i want to be able to do things that you know i am choosing to do before that wasn't the case because ever since she was taken by the tv as a kid she's been on the run she's been doing her own thing she's had to do everything to survive and turns out that even that wasn't a choice that she got to make because he who remains had paved the road for that to happen for her up to the point where they actually got to meet at the end of the season finale so of course she's going to be selfish and but you know she's questioning loki about you know why are you doing this and he's like, because I want to save the multiverse. I want to save the TVA. And she's like, that's not the reason. You've got to be a bit more honest with yourself. And it finally gets to the point where he admits, you know, 
I don't want to lose my friends. Everyone in that room was someone I consider a friend. And after everything he's been through in his life, where he's always been slightly overshadowed by Thor, maybe his father didn't fully trust him in the same way. He's always been a bit of a, a renegade himself and not always been the most likable. He finally got to a stage where, even with everything going on, he felt like he fit in with this group and trusted them, and he was doing something worthwhile by trying to get the TVA back to where it needed to be. Um, and it's obviously maybe part of this new Loki that we've seen evolve, because we all know this is the Loki that... This is obviously wasn't the you know, main timeline Loki that we had and that was killed in Infinity War. This was the Loki that escaped after the Battle of New York in the, the 2012. And so this Loki's had to go through a lot of character development over these last couple of stories. It's something I touched on a few episodes ago. That, you know, is he now becoming the good guy and becoming more of a hero than he is a villain? He still obviously has that side deep inside of him. And I think it would take a lot to still rid him of it. But he's now starting to think about the greater good. And he wants to have people around him. And he wants to have people that he cares about. And that's obviously a big change for him. But at the end of the day, Sylvie rejects his request to go with him and to be able to try and go back to the TVA and sort things out. She's like, got a life, got to go live it, and disappears off. Um, and then we see this bit where um, Sylvie goes to this record store, sits down, starts listening to this track, and then everything behind her in the street, you know, the the guy in the shop start getting spaghettified. And I thought it looked quite cool when the guy was running over to Sylvie and she tried to reach out for him and everything's being spaghettified. And she sits there and everything's basically being destroyed and the record spins up as it gets spaghettified. And she obviously activates the tempad and steps through to go and find Loki, who seems to be moping around, telling everyone that this was no longer going to go ahead. He wanted to do things for his own selfish reasons and the fact we're getting a Loki that's got to the stage again as part of his character development where he's saying I want to do this but it was for me you people should go home live the lives that you've had even though he's trying to give them a choice now of coming to the TVA and helping out you know he's kind of accepted the fate that this wasn't really his decision to make and it's been banded around a lot in the last week or two that you know is this a time loop, so to speak, in terms of how things got created, of how the TVA came about? You know, is Victor Timely actually he who remains and was put on that same path? Is then Loki the one that ends up unnaturally creating the TVA and putting things in a time loop? And is he the one that, for example, recruits Mobius to become an agent of the TVA and recruits the others to come back there from where their normal lives were? And he's obviously telling them, you know, it's time you go home. There's nothing more that I can do. And Sylvie turns up and he's like, everything's getting destroyed. You know, branches are dying. They're getting spaghettified because the temple room's exploded. And now we have to do something. And Loki's like, yes, yes, we can do something now. All of us are here together. He's like, the pens in the cup. We've got everyone here together. And then things start disappearing from the room. The other tempad disappears. One by one, everyone starts to, to disappear through the spaghettification. Um, 
And this is where he obviously starts to time slip a little bit again. He goes back a little bit and then goes back a little bit more from the time slipping. And this is where he obviously chats to Obi and goes, I've done it. I've managed to control my time slipping. You know, whether it's obviously just that absolute desperateness that basically forces him to to time slip in the way that, you know, I think they touched it. I think like in the original Deadpool, it was the fact that, you know, activating stress or putting somebody into a state and into into an into a state of extreme stressfulness triggers what activates their mutation in the same way that you know just severe stress and anxiety and and everything like that kind of trigger loki's ability to time slip if he then learns how to tap into it seems to be something similar down that route but he basically learns to control his slipping and he says I'm now going to rewrite the story. Um, and he then time slips again as everything around him gets spaghettified. And he goes back and we find him as the finale of this episode is him appearing back in the, um, in the engine room of the temporal loom stood next to Obi before the loom explodes. And I'm guessing at the moment before Victor timely walks out, so, is now Loki becoming Loki, the god of stories? Um, for those of you that don't know, um, there was a comic book run in about 2014, I think it was, called Loki, Agents of Asgard, um, where he became more of a, of a hero than a villain, but he gained the ability to perceive, manipulate, and rewrite the narratives and stories of people around him. So he could influence the world and shape his and other people's stories that were being told uh, at some point he was even able to stop ragnarok from happening so he also i think was able to manipulate um the the gods of asgard as well and bend them to to the will that he wanted so he becomes quite a powerful person in his own right doing this but it seems like they've gone down this right especially since you know he says i'm going to rewrite the story so it seems they've given him this new ability with the time slipping, and he's now going to have this ability to to go back and change people's, or even forward perhaps, and change people's stories, or change the way that the story unfolds. So, you know, Loki, God of Mischief, is he going? And now we're getting Loki, God of Stories. Um, this episode overall, though, did it feel... I was unsure how to feel about it. I watched it a couple of times since... And it felt, again, like whilst they're trying to obviously get him to a stage where he does something dramatic for the finale or the, you know, the finale is going to play out in a dramatic way, it seems to me like this was more of a filler episode. After everything that's gone in the last couple of episodes that built up to that dramatic one uh, ending of the end of episode four, this episode felt like it needed more from it for me personally. Um it did feel like just a filler episode. And when you've only got six episodes, an entire series, nothing can be filler, really. Things can be slow and you can build up to something. Um, but it felt like they could have gotten to this stage in half an episode in, in this particular episode and had something else going on. So was it a great episode? I don't think necessarily. It was good to see some of these, some of these people in their original lives on their on their different timelines, and what they're up to, and the fact that 
it raises obviously questions of is Loki the one that then recruits them to the TVA and starts this whole weird sort of time circle going on? Um, the question is, you know, what role will Loki then play moving forward? I'm not going to say any predictions about the finale, apart from obviously they do manage to sort things out. Um, I'd heard because I didn't watch anything like the mid-season trailer. So I've not uh, seen anything, but I've heard a few bits and pieces of people saying, oh, we see him um, out there with the throughput multiplier or you know, he's out in the temporal radiation. So he obviously does something to be able to stop stop it from exploding again. And so therefore Victor Timely is going to survive. And is this how he becomes, he who remains, or does he become an evil Victor Timely and tries to take things over? You know, if Loki now has this ability to reshape the story or the narrative that's being written, will he technically take the place of he who remains as someone who oversees the flow of time um, in the multiverse or for the sacred timeline or the different branches that have come from there? But does it in, you know, a not a god ruling over everything or type of way? He does it without interfering. So he looks over everything to make sure that things go well and uh not dissimilar to a watcher i guess in the fact that he's watching over everything but he's you know not intending to interfere he just want to make sure everything's done well and everything goes well for everyone so will he be the one that takes takes the the seat at the head of the table and overlooks the flow of time you know, does this result in him being one of the the leaders of heroes that will go up against whatever kang or various kangs in in kang dynasty they keep saying that the the end re- result of this series will have um, obviously a major setup for Kang Dynasty, which I believe it will, even if that's going to be another three or four years away. So the big question is, where does this leave everyone at the end of the series? Basically, I think there's three major people that they need to give us answers to as to where they sit by the end of this next episode, and that's going to be obviously Loki. Where does Sylvie sit in terms of what position is she going to be in? Is she going to want to go back to her normal life or is she going to have a change of attitude and try and oversee things potentially with Loki? And then obviously Victor Timely. Again, he's, he's a Kang variant. He's obviously been set on a slightly different path. Again, is everything they're doing technically... I think I discussed it in a previous episode that is everything that is being done in this series technically everything that's been done before in a sort of time loop? But it's going to be something in Kang Dynasty, the film itself, that breaks the time loop and changes the future. Um, Because things aren't obviously going to go back to the way that they were before. So what happens to Loki? What happens to Sylvie? And what happens to Victor Timely at the end of the series? Not that long to wait. I'm excited to see what does happen in the series. I think it's got to be a big episode. I think this is where Marvel have dropped the ball a little bit sometimes on some of their Disney Plus TV shows with their finales. They haven't gone in hard enough on what they need to do. Excuse me. And sometimes you walk out of these finales with more questions than answers. And I get that you want to set some things up for the future. But it does annoy me sometimes when we've got to this point where everything has to end with questions and, and cliffhangers. What's wrong with wrapping up a series in a nice bow? And either starting it, you know, new questions in the next series, or you know, having new questions put in front of those characters further down the line. Why do we have to end everything on a cliffhanger? Why can't we wrap up everything in a nice way? Where you know, if they wrapped everything up in the finale, where Sylvie's gone off to have her own life, um, 
Victor decided to turn evil, he's gonna and he's gonna go off somewhere. And then Loki's the one that sits in charge of the Citadel at the end of time, overlooking the multiverse as, as its guardian, so to speak. I hope we get something like that. I don't want to be left with loads of questions and, and loads of what ifs and and cliffhangers. I think that will just annoy me, to be fair. Um, since we've still got quite a few projects to go, you know, why would we? Why would they leave us with so many questions if we didn't get anything else answered between now and, say, Kang Dynasty for these particular characters? They've tried to bring a lot of characters into the MCU, um, you know, through Phase Four and Five, as well as obviously having some of our original ones. And they do have to start tying everything together and putting it towards. And we obviously, you know, have seen bits of that because we're going to see, I think, a lot more Kang variants popping up um, here and there, if not in almost every single project in some capacity. So I'm excited to see where where this finale goes. I have loved this series so far. And obviously, like I said, I'm not going to make no predictions because my predictions normally turn out to be rubbish. I just want to sit back and enjoy the finale episode and see where it goes. That's obviously coming out uh, just before this weekend coming. It's going to be exciting to see what happens. And then after that, we obviously got the Marvels film. Um, you know, I will be back next week to obviously review the finale of Loki. Um, I'm also going to be guest hosting um, the Marvel Plus podcast to my friend Brett Scott. Um, he's got some stuff going on. He's not been able to host a couple of episodes, so he's asked me to step in with a couple of guests and host uh, his show for his episode six review of Loki. So. It'd be really good once that's come out if you can all tune into that as well because i've got a couple of guests coming on there um familiar faces from my show maybe not so familiar to brett's crowd but that'll be really good um to obviously guest host brett show so i'm really grateful to brett that he's given me an opportunity to um to cover his show for a week but um next couple of weeks like i said we've got loki finale coming up i've got the marvels to review after that and then we're going into a different period of time where i'm going to be doing a few different things because you know i've got gen v that i want to chat about and, re- and review now that that's ended and with no real sort of big shows coming out i don't know if we're still getting what if season two sort of sometime around christmas or or in december and we do have echo dropping in january but apart from that there's going to be you know a decent period of time without anything anything major in terms of films and, and tv shows coming around so I'm going to be doing some different reviews of things. I'm going to be doing um, some Star Wars reviews of each, everything in episode order and some of the TV shows as well, but that's all going to be going in in, timeline order. Um, I'm going to be doing some, um, some character profiles. So, um, you know, a question of characterization is going to be the name of the little uh, sort of episodes I'm going to be doing where I'm picking different characters, whether it's, you know, Darth Vader, Superman, Iron Man, whoever I feel like, um, and hopefully have some guests on to chat with you in depth about those particular characters and what they've been like on screen. So I've definitely got some stuff planned for the future to keep us going whilst there may not be any major films or TV series coming out for a while. Please make sure that you are tuning in for this because your support uh, does mean a lot to me and it's always nice to hear from different people that you are loving the content I've been putting out and that you are tuning in every week um please obviously drop a like drop a review give us a follow you'll obviously see in the show notes where you can follow me and where else you can either listen or watch the podcast whether it's spotify apple youtube 
Um, and obviously, I do drop a few bits on TikTok every now and again as well. Um, but I'll be back next week. And as I mentioned, I will be reviewing the finale of Loki. Until then, catch you all later. Thanks for tuning in to the Galactic Core Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. But until next time, go get your geek on.